This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, it's Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say, if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello, and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. A rebel without a clue. Yo, what's going on? Today's episode, Rebel Without a Clue, a little Tom Petty reference, a little reference to two main things I've been thinking about this week. One is romanticizing your life, romanticizing the future, the past, romanticization, and also a book I read called Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez. Seemed instinctively like the the choice to make, calling this Rebel Without a Clue, uh, kind of a play on the title of this book by Robert Rodriguez, and also the idea of romanticizing uh, Rebel Without a Clue, you know, having this, you know, this attitude or uh, way about you that uh, it goes against the norm, but not really having a goal or having a destination in mind by rebelling. So I don't know. That's that's my interpretation of it anyway. So, okay, so let's get into it. I'm not really sure. I, I have a little bit of notes written out. We'll see what spills out. Hopefully this that we'll have some sort of bridging the gap between these two ideas. Kind of a new idea here. Kind of an improv one. I mean, they're all sort of improv, but let's let's get started. Let's see what we can do. Let's start off with romanticizing things. I've always been a terrible romanticizer of, oh, yeah, that's right. It's also a great topic because this week is Valentine's Day. So if you celebrate Valentine's Day. Anyway, romanticizing things. I've always been really bad about romanticizing uh, certain aspects of my life. I think in some ways I've really enjoyed having romanticized my life because I think that in a way it's helped me deal with reality in a more... Uh, healthy fashion while it's also an unhealthy way to look at the world uh, because what I guess what I'm trying to say is I like the idea of romanticizing certain aspects of life and certain aspects of the creative process I think the artistic trope of like the starving artist sleeping on a dirty mattress you know smoking crazy chain smoking cigarettes and you know getting ripped every night and drinking tons of coffee whatever I don't know I think that's kind of played out I think it's kind of silly. I think it's kind of improved that while there are some people who, you know, engage in those kind of activities and, you know, to stave off the the feelings of uh, existential woe of the world, you know, dealing with your vices that way or having vices that deal with uh, the world in that way. Well, I think that's true. And, and there is something really badass and cool. That's probably a good topic for another podcast too. the the uh, the pursuit of cool in the modern era. Because uh, that's been taking some interesting turns that I've been thinking about too. But that's another. That's a whole different podcast, I think. Um, but the idea of romanticizing the artistic trope. Uh, I don't know. It, it, there's too much, too much romanticization going on today. I think part of the issue about romanticization is actually movies, uh, which is ironic because of Rebel Without a Crook. Without a Crew is a book. The subtitle of this book is How a 23-Year-Old Filmmaker with $7,000 Became a Hollywood Player, which is kind of ironic. Uh, not not the, not the book title, but the fact that what I'm getting at is uh, with, with romanticizing things, I feel like that's kind of the point of the movie industry, and that's sort of what movies uh, in, in one way or the other, some, not all movies, but a lot of movies 
they're 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 attempting to make reality seem better than it is or they're attempting to make a world a completely different world that is better than your own or that makes you strive for something or gives you these ideals that are unattainable or unrealistic i mean that's kind of the whole different definition of romanticizing things i have the definition right here actually deal with or describe in an unrealistic fashion make something seem better or more appealing than it really is i mean i feel like how many movies have you seen that makes you feel like life is like that or you know wrapped up in this certain pretty bow and package and obviously that's kind of the point of movies as an escape and to you know give us a different view of reality and, and i'm obviously not talking about all genres of movies but i think part of the danger in romanticizing anything is is like believing in movies i forget the what the quote is i think it actually is a bukowski quote but um said something to the effect of in one of his books referring to one of his lovers or somebody he said it seems like you've watched too many movies. And I think that really, what that means is is you've kind of not been brainwashed by movies, but uh, I've definitely fallen ill to that sometimes, you know, with, with watching certain things. And it, it becomes really easy to romanticize reality when, you know, the whole point of making a movie is to, a lot of movies is to make reality look better than it seems, you know. Um, that's kind of the... In, in multiple dimensions, right? I mean, there's the one dimension of, you know, some aspects of reality are, are really boring or trite or, you know, you see, like I was blown away when I was watching, uh, oh, that's weird. Should be able to answer that question and more. What the heck? Siri, are you listening to me? That was really odd. Okay, sorry about that. One thing I noticed, like when I went to see uh, where the office was filmed, the exterior, uh, this is just a small example, but I remember always thinking that that place looks so huge, you know, and the way that they shoot the parking lot, it makes it look very, like it's a pretty big parking lot, but the actual location of that place in Vinoy's, I think that's how you say it, uh, out in LA, it's it's actually quite small, and it's just a matter of moving the camera and camera angles and different lenses, I'm sure. But what I'm, what I'm getting at there is, you know, making reality, this reality of this parking lot, seem bigger than it is, in a way, uh, and then also you know, the way that you're writing movies or the way that, you know, these fantastic stories and, and like, you know, something like Forrest Gump, which is a great movie, but I don't know how realistic that is, uh, you know, and I guess that's the point of it, right? But so I think there's a lot of dangers in, in romanticizing everything. I definitely romanticize certain aspects of my life, especially like indie rock culture, uh, my own feelings about who I was going to be and where I was going to be by now in my life. And obviously like I, I stopped having those types of thoughts, you know, when I, after being an arrogant kid, 19 year old kid or whatever, but you know, I used to romanticize bands like, uh, modest mouse built the spill, you know, these like the great American Western indie rock gods, you know, and, and thinking like, Oh, these guys lives are awesome. And then you like read stories about, you know what their lives are like and it's and it's it's pretty pretty amazing but what you see is the picture and you bring your thoughts to it and think that's the ideal you want and like traveling around in a van and i talked about this with jay it's like the touring reality is pretty grim when you really boil it down for most bands you know you're basically signing yourself up to be poor for the extension of whatever that tour <laughs> length is uh and and also it's it's just there are some people who 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 really put in the work and 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 luck out and timing and things and you know but I'm just starting to feel like that's not most people. Uh, 
I kind of, and I kind of had that realization too. Oh man, we just had some really dark stuff going on in the video. The the sun just went behind some clouds. Oh well. And something I realized about the Steve Jobs book too. You know, clearly the guy was a genius, but in a different time period, you know, the skills that he had or the way that he looked at the world would not have fit perfectly in with what was going on in the world at that time. You know, if he had been born 50 years earlier and the computer and you know the computer the, the technology for the computer revolution to to begin was not there like you know i don't know it, it's kind of fascinating so i mean like certain things are timing and i guess what i'm saying is this kind of goes back to the podcast about smart goals i think it's 25 27 one of those episodes uh you'll see it if you, if you go back to the, the the list of things but you know having specific measurable attainable i think realistic and time-bound goals are really important and something I never fucking did. And, you know, I guess that's been my great education over the years of, of like doing things and I'm trying to get in the sun here of doing things. And, you know, I just, oh, I just had this terrible feeling I wasn't recording. Okay. Um, you know, I never had, I never had this thing. And that's what I'm trying to pass on in, in doing this podcast and, and, and doing some of this stuff in terms of, you know, giving people creative ideas about their the future of what they're working on and things they want to do. Because uh, if you're anything like me, and which I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this are, and a lot of the people that DM me, email me, message me, thank you so much, you know, for all the support. And, and, and you know, it's great talking with everybody. The thing is, if you're anything like me and being romantic, that romanticism will only take you so far. And it may take you to some grim dead ends in your life if all you do is idealize something in an unrealistic way. There's actionable steps that need to be taken to achieve anything in life, and it takes a lot of time to achieve those things. Uh, it's something I'm learning. It's something it took me... It's it's almost embarrassing to, to be having this discussion and, and telling people this, but I think it's important because I would hate to see somebody else who is as romantic as I am or was about certain aspects of my life to go through like a decade or years, you know, multiple decades. Uh, well, that's not really true. I wasn't like thinking about this stuff when I was 13, but almost two decades of, of romanticizing my future, you know, thinking I was a really interesting person, thinking I was, you know, a great artist, whatever. Um, you know, I think, I think people are whatever you want to be, you know, you don't have to be defined by, you know, again, define your own success, but uh, I used to have these super unrealistic things and, and goals and ideas. And uh, actually, I didn't have goals. I just had ideas, uh, gut instinctual feeling uh, that, that you know, the way I was going to move through the universe and things were just going to happen for me. And, you know, I guess that's sort of entitlement, right? I guess. I feel like it's more romanticizing things. I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting it to just happen and not have to do anything. I guess I was, fuck. Yeah, I guess it was a little, it was some somewhat entitlement. I, I I don't know, maybe that, I know that's, you know, a big issue with a lot of people today uh, because we've had it so good for so long. Uh, I don't who knows if an economic downturn occurs, uh, what people are going to feel like. But, you know, I don't know. I feel like I was always taught the value of money and the value of work. But I definitely romanticized outcomes and who I thought I was and, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a, an indie rock guy and, and doing the lifestyle and doing the thing. And as time went by, it really passed me by. And uh, here I am talking about it and, and hoping to pass on some wisdom to other people about the things and experiences I had and 
the thoughts I had about the creative process and how to get things done and, you know, and really why it's important to define your own success. Because you don't want to wake up one day and, and, you know, be seeking all these rewards in the external world uh, because that's bullshit. And this is something I've, I've really come to realize. And I feel like I, something I knew when I was younger and then lost and then have rediscovered and reevaluated and found is that anything that you desire in the world is not outside of yourself. It's inside yourself. Never forget that because everything in the world will tell you you're not good enough. You don't have enough money. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You got too much acne. You're too fat. Uh, whatever. It will just completely try to demoralize you and try to sell you shit that you don't need because preying off your insecurities. If you do the internal work to make yourself the best person that you can be, if you truly love yourself, uh, you won't need to seek bullshit in the external world. You won't need to romanticize the external world to feel like you need to get the things that you want to get or you know, you won't have to feel like your life is this this uh, horrible um, mess that the universe has granted you so that you could be this great, amazing artist, you know? Uh, that's just so fucking dangerous, like, that kind of thinking. And I've been there, and I know what that's all about. And I just hate, I just hate to see other people fall into that. And um, that's, that's a big reason I wanted to do a podcast about romantic, romanticization. I'm having a hard time saying that. If that's a word, yeah, romanticization. Sorry. I should have practiced that before. So I think it's it's kind of funny, too, that romanticize. Uh, I also have the de- definition of romantic here, which is fascinating. It's funny that, I mean, obviously words mean two different things, but just in terms of love, right? Romantic, conducive to or characterized by the expression of love. And it also means of, characterized by, or suggestive of an idealized view of reality. I don't know. I, there's, I, I feel like that's the crux of life, you know, and that's why irony is so overplayed today, but the irony card, but, uh, it's fascinating to me that those are two definitions of the same word. Um, so yeah, don't deal with reality in an unrealistic fashion. Um, that's, that, the, that's romanticizing it. That's the definition of romanticizing. And if you have things you want to do, if you have somebody you want to be, uh, maybe you, you, you will achieve those things, but you will only achieve them by having smart goals in place. Okay. Let's segue into rebel without a crew. That's, that covers the rebel without a clue segment. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to rail against the world and change the world, uh, one thing is definitely start by making your bed each day because then you can actually change the world. Um, that's for Jocko, that guy, Jocko, he's like a, uh, military guy. Again, another person in this book, Tools of Titans. That's also this book Robert Rodriguez is in as well. That's where I first was reading about some of the stuff with Robert Rodriguez. And I've talked about that on the channel before, talking about uh, just doing more with less and doing doing what you have with what you ha- with what you got. But we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, don't just rail against the world without some kind of plan. Uh, don't be a rebel without a clue, you know. Uh, it's okay to be a rebel. <laughs> but uh, Make sure you, you understand what you're rebelling against and, and, and where you want to go with it. Okay, so Rebel Without Crew, awesome fucking book, uh, which is, this is actually kind of, see, I, I knew that there was going to be some parallels here with this, which is awesome. 
It's like I was saying, I named this podcast Rebel Without a Clue. This book's called Rebel Without a Crew. I like how the podcast is slowly turning into a book review podcast. Like I'm gonna I'm trying to read like a new book each week and and then applying those principles to the podcast, applying those principles to life, creative life, applying those principles to whatever, man. So this book is dope, but uh, it's very cool the way that it's written. Uh, a lot of it is uh, journal entries from Robert Rodriguez, which is amazing that he kept the journal entries, I think. Uh, something I think all of us should be doing more, or I would want to be doing more personally, but I just don't. And this is a great reason why. You could you could have a whole book just just with your journal entries in it. And it gives it a really cool vibe. It's almost like a, it almost feels fictionalized because of that. I almost, almost got like a, uh, because some of the book deals with Robert Rodriguez to fund his movie was a research specimen uh, for like a month. He made thousands of dollars by being in this drug trial or I forget the exact, what the exact, um, I don't know if he mentions it. Maybe he's not allowed to mention what it was, but what they do is, you know, he stays in this place for a month, basically like a, a clinic where he can only, you know, they control all these aspects of his life to test these drugs or something. And that was how he had to fund his movie because he didn't have any money. And what's also fascinating about this, the whole story of it, is that at the time that when he made this movie, El Mariachi, uh, in this like guerrilla style filming fashion, which I'll talk about in a minute, it's he, most of the money uh, went to the cost of the film for the camera they were using because he wanted to make it look more expensive. But What's crazy today is that uh, if you've seen that new Steven Soderbergh movie, High Flying Birds, I think, uh, it was all shot on an iPhone, and it's on Netflix now. And, I mean, he's a big proponent of this, and I've heard other directors talk about this, but the fact that this technology now, you know, somebody who had to go to a clinic to make the money to get the film to make a movie, now if you have a fucking phone, if you have a fucking pocket computer that has an amazing camera on it, and you have a story to tell, you don't need to sell your body to science anymore. But I just I just thought that was really funny that, you know, a big expense was the film, and, and now it's, like, even more um, easier to, to make a film with the tools that you have access to. And that's a big part of what Rodriguez talks about in this book is, and also in the Tools of Titans book, uh, this one's, like, more of a tome of knowledge, different interviews from Tim Ferriss's podcast, uh, Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World-Class Performers. Really sick book. I actually bought this one, um, which I don't really do that much anymore, but it's pretty, you know, it's one of those books where if you get it from the library, uh, it's not really it's not really conducive for reading all the way through. It's kind of like you pick it up once in a while, read a chapter. It's really quick, like some of the stuff. The Raul Rodriguez uh, section is, is probably worth the price of admission, actually. But there's a lot of really, really great stuff in this book. I'd highly recommend picking that one up. Um, and Robert Rodriguez has, like I said, the, his interview is probably worth the price of the book. And then, you know, this is also the other one, but the rebel without a crew. So I think a big part of Robert Rodriguez's philosophy that I understood it to be, especially from the tools of Titans book is, I mentioned this in one of the, in one of the videos, uh, we talked about, you know, and I think it, it goes along with the four track and making music with the simple device and, 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 you know, having limitations, like limitations breed creativity. And that's something I really try to try to tell people and I realized, you know, my own life and my own experiences with making music. And that's a big tenant of the channel. And I think a big thread of this book, obviously, because it's, you know, make a list of, of the things that you have access to. You have a bar. Okay. That's where your bad guys are going to hang out. 
in, in one part of the book, they talk about finding a turtle uh, in the desert where they were shooting the movie, and that became like a, a, a scene of the movie where the uh, mariachi is coming into town, and he crosses paths with like a turtle. And the big part of the reason was because if, oh, if we had these, these animals in the movie, it'll seemingly raise the production value because people will think we had an animal wrangler. Like, the whole book is about basically making a movie solo uh, and being, you know, wearing all these different hats and just figuring things out as you go. And, you know, I feel like it's sort of the opposite of, in a way, of, of romanticizing things. It's, it's more just go out and do it. Like, just stop thinking about something and just go out and, and make it happen. Which, which I think is pretty awesome. I guess that's, I guess that's, I don't know, a good way of, of like segueing the two topics, you know, Rebel Without a Clue, this podcast. So really sick book though. Highly recommended, easy read, uh, really great stuff. Uh, even if you don't want to be a filmmaker and just are a creative person or just like a good story. Uh, I think that's just super important, you know, using what you have because so many people contact me too about, oh, you know, uh, I have all this gear, but I never get anything done. Like, you know, and and here you have this example of somebody who didn't have any gear, had to borrow a camera, had to sell his body for to make the money to get do what he wanted to do, and you know, broke out into the industry. You know, he's uh, some of the films he's done is uh, Desperado, El Mariachi, Spy Kids stuff, um, Four Rooms. I think he did one in there. Sin City, uh, uh, Planet Terror. It's one of the Grindhouse movies. Uh, really, really awesome films, and the whole idea is is doing them in a way that this is something Sean's trying to do. My friend too, who's like you know a budding director filmmaker, is making things for less money and, and figuring out creative ways to do it uh, because that's what you know it talks about some of the editing style, like the way the sound was done in El Mariachi or Rodriguez's movie. The camera was so loud that they couldn't do the audio at the same time. So they would have to sync the audio right after the takes and he would just record people, I guess with like a handheld recorder or something and sync it up in post. And this is before, I think some of the, I think the movie was edited on like VHS, I believe, or, you know, they transferred it and edited it. Um, Capro's hitting the tripod here. And uh, so, because people speak in a similar fashion, you know, if you say something, if you say something, chances are, that was repeated on purpose just to show that kind of say it the same way. So, but it doesn't always line up perfectly. And that's part of the editing style of the movie. When something didn't line up perfectly, perfectly, he'd have a quick shot to something else. And, you know, stylistically it looks really fucking cool. And it's like, wow, this is a really awesome idea. I would have never thought to do that. And the crazy part is that you wouldn't have never, you wouldn't have ever thought to do that because that was basically rolling with, you know, a quote-unquote mistake that oh well the audio doesn't sync up perfectly we have to cut to a dog we have to cut to b-roll we have to cut to the turtle whatever see that's what i mean like that limitation bred this creative solution to a problem that would have never occurred to maybe robert rodriguez had he had a shit ton of money and was able to do everything perfectly like and that's and that's like pushing the boundaries of what you can do you know it's kind of throwing the throwing the manual out the window and just going for it obviously Robert Rodriguez I mean I think the thing he downplays in here is is that he's obviously a brilliant filmmaker and was making movies with his family for years I mean that's something I don't think he gives himself enough credit for in the book but uh clearly this guy has he's done his work you know but and, and I think that's a big part of you know 
if you want to be something, that's something he says toward the end in, in another part of the book is like, if you want to be a director, stop saying you want to be one and just, just say that you are one and then get to work. Uh, cause so many people will say, I don't have the right uh, camera. I don't have the right lens. I don't have the right crew. I don't have the right lighting and shit, do it yourself. Shoot it outside in the sun. Uh, the, the sun gives off some of the best light. This, this video I'm doing right now, this is all just sunlight coming in my room. I don't have any lights on in here. It looks, looks fucking dope. I actually changed the lens out because the other lenses doesn't get enough light, you know? So, so it would be darker, but you know, rolling with what you can do, what you have access to. I've been thinking about getting a new camera, but I don't have, I don't have the money to do that, you know? So I've just been like, well, how can I, how can I do something different? I decided to go back to, I have two lenses. One came with the camera when I got the wide angle one, Casey Neistat, you know, recommended and um, recommends and uh, cool lens, but it doesn't always work that great in here. And rather than, you know, I adjusted some settings, read some more about my camera and, you know, rather than going to get a new camera, which I hope to do someday, I decided, fuck it, I'm, I'll just do this, you know, rather than let that stand in my way, you know, I'd love to have videos that look better, whatever the fuck that means, that sound better, whatever the fuck that means, but... I have so much cool shit access to me. People send me cool shit all the time to use, you know. There's no excuse to not just get to work. It's like the more you the more you give yourself excuses not to do something, the more that you won't do them. And uh, I think what I need to realize, and I have realized, and I think what other people need to realize too, is you have everything you need. And like I was saying before, there's there's no nothing in the external world that you need that you need. You have it all inside of yourself. Um, obviously you don't have like an amazing film camera inside yourself. That's not what I'm saying. I just mean, you know, certain things. Yeah. You need tools to do something. But what I'm saying is like, if you want to do something, you can go and do it. Just, just fucking make it happen. Whatever, however way you can. And you know, it maybe won't come out exactly how you liked, but you'll learn something from it. I guarantee it. You know, every failure is, uh, durable. I think that's another quote in the tools of Titans one or, or mutable or something, you know, that's what he talks about. Actually, Four Rooms, one of the movies he did with Quentin Tarantino, it was a movie that had four different directors shoot four different segments of the movie. Um, oh, we're going to run out of time here soon. Um, and, you know, while it was a commercial flop, uh, Robert Rodriguez talks about getting the idea for, um, I think, Spy Kids from that. And then also, I think, Sin City as well. So it's pretty crazy, you know. Something that, and that's the thing, if you never did that, those experiments, if you never did did these things and, and you know, or consider, oh, well, that's not going to be that good. Well, I'm not going to do it or I'm just not going to do it. Like, I, I think that's something I really want to get across to a lot of people is do as many things as you can, as do as many things as you want to do, even if, and do them with whatever you have if you don't have the money to do it. Uh, yeah. And that's what this book's all about, you know? And I think that'll cure the, also, I mean, trying to tie this back in, maybe it won't be the best, the best tie job, but <sighs> romantic, romanticizing things, uh, I think it's a waste of time. And, uh, all right, maybe the, the tie, the tie back in isn't, it's not really coming to me. Um, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, just get down to business, you know? If you got something you want to do, just go out and fucking do it already, all right? And, uh, I don't know. I guess I feel like I just ran out of steam and also I'm looking at the camera that's going to stop in a couple minutes and I can just restart it, but 
I don't know. I didn't realize I've been blabbing for this long. So, all right. Well, I hope this was a fun podcast for you. It was a fun ass podcast for me. Rebel without a clue. Uh, check out that book, Rebel Without a Crew. Rob Rodriguez, uh, really amazing guy. Especially if you're into doing things simply and doing things more guerrilla style, doing things, you know, just for the sake of doing them and not needing to them to be perfect. Because uh, a lot of times when you spill the jar of uh, anything and or you spill, the, you spill the puzzle piece box, like you figure out a way to put it together. But if you never spill the box, you'll never put the stuff together. So, oh man, I wish I had a better analogy. Oh well. All right. Catch you on the flip-flop. Thanks for listening. And uh, what is it that we say? Oh yeah. Make sure you do something you want to do today.